1: Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient, comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
2: Welcome to the Career Contessa podcast, the show that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice so that you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. My name is Aliyah Kamalova, and today we're bringing you another installation in our How to Become series. You've probably seen the rise of job titles like data analyst or data scientist, but do you know what the job actually entails? I interviewed two data industry experts about how to become a data analyst, the most critical skills to thrive in this role, how much a career in data could earn you, and so much more. If you've ever wondered how to become a data analyst, this podcast episode is for you. And now this is the Career Contessa podcast.
0: I am Kate Moran, and I am currently the director of data science at a major global technology company, as well as an instructor at the University of Kansas for the data analytics and visualization program offered as a certificate.
1: My name is Daphne Chung, and I am currently a Senior Data Analyst for Disney Streaming Services. I've been there for about a year where I've been working on engagement analytics, so essentially using analytics to understand how people watch what they watch and why they watch as many hours as they do. But prior to my time at Disney Streaming, I was working for the Walt Disney Company Corporate, where I was a data scientist. I was working specifically on corporate network
2: services. So what exactly is a data analyst? The truth is there are many different answers and interpretations of what it means to be a data analyst. Daphne Chung, a senior data analyst for Disney streaming services, defined data analysts like this.
1: In my opinion, the overarching theme between data analyst roles is that an analyst uses data to derive some kind of insight that then provides some sort of a business value in most situations. And in my experience, the difference between a data analyst and a data scientist is really in the technical work that you do. So an analyst is more so concerned with pulling data, understanding it, and telling a story. And while that may be kind of part of the job of a data scientist, another really big part of it is... Um, sometimes developing models, sometimes designing A-B tests or experiments. So it's a little bit more technical and a little bit more focused on things like machine learning and statistical modeling. And in many cases, it also has to do with designing entire projects based on these machine learning models that you intend on building.
2: Kate Moran, a director of data science at a major global tech company, as well as an instructor at the University of Kansas for the Data Analytics and Visualization Program, defined it this way.
0: A data analyst is really someone who relies on evidence to uh, insight, to drive decision-making or action. It is all about using technology, mathematics, business domain understanding to really tell those important hidden stories and solve problems beyond intuition alone. It really is a domain that has matured over the last 10 years, and there are so many opportunities. Mostly the difference between data analysts and the data science domain is dealing with structured and unstructured data. So data analysts are really going to work more so on that's been prepared and providing visualizations and insights and storytelling for the business or product. Whereas those data science roles are going to dive more into the unknown, have a bit of a more sophisticated techniques and automation and advanced algorithms to solve the problems that they're looking for. So at the end of the day, our data analysts are really looking to provide concrete evidence
2: to turn into impact immediately. A typical day in the life of a data analyst can vary depending on your company and field. For Daphne, no two days are alike.
1: Some days I will kind of be left to my own devices and I'm running analytics all day. Um, And then there are also days where they're really, really meeting heavy. And I'll be in meetings back to back from 9am to 530 or so. And so I would say that my day is typically split between a couple of different things, one being ad hoc analyses. So different requests that come in from people, various teams and stakeholders. So it's very much a collaborative effort for me, a collaborative experience on the day to day where when I'm working on something like that, more of an ad hoc request, I am frequently meeting with stakeholders, understanding their needs, and then after that call ends, going off onto my computer to then figure out how I'm going to turn all that into a story, or at least pull the data that they're interested in. The second type of work is more like day-to-day responsibilities that are associated with my role. So obviously at the end of the day, we all have sort of like a base level role that we are in charge of or responsible for on a day-to-day. So those responsibilities for me would include, for instance, pulling data on like monthly engagement performance for our platforms. That's something that I know I have to do on a monthly basis. So I'll be regularly working on that. That's kind of just sitting on the back burner when I'm not working on ad hoc stuff. And then the third category is also very collaborative in nature where I may be working on a project that is a little bit more exploratory or research-based. There's not a lot of structure behind it. My job is to sort of pave the path for that particular project, in which case I, sp- I would spend most of my time in those days working with other analysts, working with data scientists, working with business stakeholders. So my job is very collaborative in nature. I spend a lot of time understanding requirements from other people or from your internal teams, and then kind of setting aside time on your own to then figure out, okay, what do I want to do with these requirements? How can I build a story out of it? And how can I provide... Some kind of a business value using that information.
2: Kate has been both a data analyst and a data scientist, as well as a manager of a team of analysts and scientists. So she had a lot of perspectives on all of the variations that can occur in a typical day. These days, data analysts can really span a lot of
0: different job titles, including product data analyst, business intelligence technical data analysts, even people analytics that can be found in almost every domain that exists, including marketing, HR, supply chain, product. And every day that analyst is looking to really define some type of ask and listen to the people that business partners that are around them for the people that will be making decisions or taking action based off of the insight they're looking to provide. Data analyst is really going to follow a roadmap and a workflow that is pretty standard across the industry. It's gonna be breaking down the question that they are seeking to answer. They're gonna be looking for those data sources, defining a strategy and metrics to execute on, have a plan to actually retrieve that data, create that data set, clean it, analyze it. They say in the domain, torture the data. You're going to be looking at all the different angles and perspectives that data you've retrieved is able to give you. Um, You're gonna also acknowledge those limitations and bias. That is an important part of the process to stay objective, um, stay concrete and tactical in how you are going to deliver the message, which you are going to eventually make that call make that recommendation moving forward. So, a typical day is really about understanding problems, gathering requirements, indexing and cataloging data, and then starting to torture that data right with your technical skill set. It's typically a standard 9 to 5, but let me tell you when you get into the domain, I've spent many of nights at midnight diving into that data And those longer hours are something that you then become passionate about, and that time goes away, and even more so with all of the remote opportunities that are available today.
2: I want to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors, Alto. Alto owns its fleet of five-star safety-rated luxury vehicles that are easy to find and clean between every passenger ride. Alto drivers are W2 employees, not contractors, and are interviewed, background checked, trained, and performance managed, so you always get a great ride. Alto is designed with you in mind, including in-app music control, tap vibes in the app, complimentary water, a signature scent, and backseat AC controls in every car. Alta's in vehicle Wi Fi, charging cables, pre schedule feature, and do not disturb capability make it a mobile office so you can add an extra hour to your workday if you need it. You can add both a corporate and personal card to your account for billing, making switching between work trips and leisure activities a breeze. For your work and weekend trips, say goodbye to the rideshare lot. Alta picks you up curbside at your favorite airports. LAX, SFO, DFW, DCA, MIA, IAH, HOU. Alto is currently on the road in Dallas, Los Angeles, Houston, Miami, DC, and San Francisco. Download the Alto app and use code CONTESSA in the promotion section for $20 off your first two rides. Again, use code CONTESSA in the promotion sections for $20 off your first two rides. brassy hair, to the pros and cons of laser facials, and always with a cocktail in hand. Always. So be prepared to be obsessed. Check out Lipstick on the Rim wherever you get your podcast. If you're interested in becoming a data analyst or a data scientist, there are many different paths to get there. As Kate put it, on the surface, it can be as simple as networking with recruiters, reaching out to colleagues, sending out some cold emails, and putting your best resume forward, and then passing some technical interviews in order to secure your first data job. Then you just grow your career from there. But it actually goes a bit deeper than that.
0: What it really took to land these positions is a lot of commitment first to understanding my why, why this field was interesting to me, what strengths and weaknesses I had to contribute and how I could bring that all together and have the build the technology skills and technical skills to actually execute. It also took many, many calls with a a career coach I actually found and connected with through Career Contessa who really helped me define what it is I was looking for, why I was looking for it and how I could make that happen without any type of compromise. So that's what it really took to land the jobs that I'm in today and my personal education path to get there started with more of a traditional path where I received my bachelor's in digital media and internet and interactive systems as a concentration. This was a combination of visualization and art combined with programming and technical skills. I went on to get my second bachelor's in studying computer science. That is just kind of highlighting my love of learning. And not until I was later into my career, I went back at 26 years old to pursue my master's in applied statistics. Now that is a very traditional path. However, today, anyone can be a data analyst. And I think that combining your, if you are looking to do a career transition, Many of the students that I work with today are either right out of college or have been in the industry for in a different domain for around 20 years and are looking to make that transition. Sometimes it's about combining the skill set that you experience you have in a specific domain and then complementing that with a technical skill set to be able to navigate the technical ecosystem to get that data and analyze
2: that data with the latest technologies that are available today. Daphne's path to data was a bit more non-traditional in that she didn't study anything data-related.
1: I went to school and got my degree in business administration, so fairly general. Didn't really know what I wanted to do when I started college. But about halfway through my time at Babson College, I discovered business analytics, which at the time You couldn't necessarily get a degree in it just yet. There were very few undergraduate programs, but we were starting to see things like master's in business analytics and master's in data science, none of which I participated in. I kind of just graduated with my my general business degree, had done one internship in analytics, and apart from that, didn't receive very much other training in analytics, but was able to to do my job anyway. The interesting thing is I I got my job through the Grace Hopper Conference, which I'm sure many young women know about or have heard of, but it's a great, it was a great opportunity for me to, to go through the program and get recruited at Disney and I've been there ever since. It's been a couple of years, but a bit of a non-traditional path into my career. So no, I did not study anything data-related, and I got my job through a conference.
2: I asked Daphne and Kate about the typical career growth from entry level to senior level for a career in data.
1: If you're starting out as a data analyst, usually the next step in most organizations is to be a senior data analyst and then a lead or a manager. That's like the most linear path you can take. But of course, with data being so new, nothing about data career paths are linear, right? So you could really end up anywhere. You can start off as a data analyst, realize that you want to do data science and maybe go into data science instead. So there are many different paths ways that you can take. But I think the most linear is to go into the senior data analyst and then lead the analyst. I will I'd say that the biggest difference is not only in responsibility, of course, but also in the type of work that you do. So the expectation of a data analyst is sometimes just great. Can you pull this data? Can you put this deck together? I would say a senior data analyst is more so focused on the storytelling. So how is this going to answer questions for our major executives? And then typically once you get to lead analysts, you are mentoring slash managing, whether formal or informal. That's sort of the growth path for a data analyst.
2: Kate sums it up generally into two paths. There's going to be a business path
0: or a technical path as you move forward in your career and at the starting point. That business path are going to be for those that are really drawn to that deeper understanding of the domain itself and really excel at the communication of the insights to drive those actions that can lead to positions in product management, business leadership, and even an executive path as well. On the technical side, that's going to be a path where people really lean into the deeper understanding of data management efficiency and the technology used to support the domain. This can allow you to step into data science roles, machine learning roles, data engineering, and there's also a new and upcoming area where it's analytics engineering as well. And so two different paths that are really those stepping stones and it's really after you've already uncovered what your strengths are that you would like to highlight and stay committed to.
2: So based on what we've heard so far, there's a lot of work that goes into becoming a data analyst. But what are the pros and cons of the job once you have it? I asked our experts their most favorite and least favorite parts of their jobs.
1: Ooh, favorite, probably the collaborative aspect, I think, is getting to work with both technical and non technical stakeholders. So, a lot of my work involves talking to people who don't actually know anything about data, but taking their day to day problems and saying, how can data maybe solve your problems or answer some of your questions? So, providing answers to business questions that are otherwise sort of ambiguous is really fun for me, especially coming from more of a business oriented background. I think the least fun is maybe when this is sort of the flip side of working with people is when they ask things of you that are just not feasible or not possible or not within the realm of possibility and then it becomes difficult to manage people's expectations and priorities also as like a data person you're very much in demand at this point in the economy and so even in the workplace it's you know we obviously have really big data teams at Disney but at the same time like it's almost like there's a current, like constant stream of work coming your way. A lot of asks, a lot of requests coming from many different teams who want your knowledge and want your feedback and, and want you to help them. Um, so one thing that I, I kind of dislike is having to prioritize and tell people no.
0: Definitely the asking questions. I think that is a skill set that is an important part of the job. And my favorite one is questioning and challenging and then exploring, seeing those results become tangible and manifest in a way that wouldn't have otherwise been possible and really leveraging that creativity combined with something concrete. Least favorite, Definitely sometimes the the hurdles around the infrastructure and technology that is available within different types of businesses and technical ecosystems to support your needs. Being able to have all of the tools available to you to work efficiently can sometimes be a challenge. And also dealing with unmanaged data collection when we have to spend those tedious hours cleaning our data, manipulating our data to actually create data that is in a format that allows us to actually perform that analysis and make those recommendations.
2: We've all had a couple of years to adjust to the idea of a work life outside the office, but have we figured it out? On our show, we talk a lot about careers, jobs, and the future of work, so if you're interested in listening to these topics on our podcast, you should definitely check out another new podcast all about the new world of work, Introducing Remotely Curious, a new podcast from Dropbox that asks all the questions about hybrid, remote, or as they call it, virtual-first work. Join host Tiffany Jones-Brown as she takes on the biggest challenges of this new working reality with the help of experts, psychologists, scientists, authors, and more. You'll hear from a manners expert about the nuances of remote work etiquette and a friendship scientist about how to stay connected to your besties at work, even when you're apart. Tiffany even explores the tricky topics like how to manage Zoom dysmorphia and how to handle workplace inequities. Whether you're working from home or you're just commuting to the office twice a week, or if you're just remotely curious, this podcast is for you. Listen and follow Remotely Curious wherever you get your podcasts. I know so many of you are looking to make a change in your career. Find a path that will lead to more financial growth, ability to work remotely, and a better work-life balance. Have you considered coding? It's such an exciting time for women in tech, but there still aren't many women in the industry. I highly recommend checking out Sabio a female-owned and operated coding bootcamp and developer community. Sabio Coding Bootcamp will prepare you to be an industry-ready software engineer so that you can transition to a successful career in tech. I can see why they've been voted Best Coding Bootcamp by Course Report five years in a row. Sabio has been training successful software engineers since 2013. Their alumni have gone on to work at companies like Google, Amazon, Microsoft, Activision, the list goes on. Sabio is not your average bootcamp. You learn to code, but you'll also gain real life experience and graduate ready to start a real high-paying tech job. Many of us know how intimidating a job search can be, so it's great that Sabio helps you find a job. In just 17 weeks of remote learning, you could be starting a whole new career. Plus, Sabio is extremely affordable. They even offer a Women in Tech scholarship with $5,500 off the total cost of tuition. Sabio could change your life in just a few months. Visit our special URL, sabio.la/contessa, to learn how you can qualify for a $5,500 woman in tech scholarship. That's sabio.la/contessa. Don't wait. Go to sabio.la/contessa today to learn more. Data seems relatively easy to measure once you have the proper tools. However, what does success look like for a data analyst? Here's how Daphne measures success in her role.
1: I definitely think it's personally at least a little bit more abstract. I think for some people, yes, it could be great. I've learned this new skill. I've developed, you know I've learned this new program or i've I've learned how to code better. Like those are all measures of success, I think, for any data analyst. But personally, I've always been a little bit more philosophical about it and thought to myself, you know, if I can answer questions for my stakeholders, I consider that to be success and I find a lot of pleasure in working on sort of more long-term projects less so the ad hoc stuff because then I get to kind of hold my stakeholders hand and work with them on developing a solution that is really interesting and really insightful and really impactful so having an impact on the business itself is kind of how I measure success.
2: For Kate it's less abstract and more straightforward and quantitative. If I could really boil it down to how I would measure success
0: would be simply the number of decisions made because of my work and the number of actions that have been taken due to my work. And as you progress and mature in the domain, a bonus of kind of that next step of metrics that I would have for success is efficiency. So reducing that time to decision or action becomes the next step that you can take once you are starting to see those decisions and actions get
2: made otherwise. Now let's talk about skills. What kind of skills are crucial to have as a data analyst? Warning, there are many specific technical skills and softwares that will be mentioned, so get your notebooks ready.
1: In terms of hard skills, definitely SQL or Python are all very helpful. SQL especially get very good at querying things. And then on top of that, Tableau, Looker, Power BI, all of which like, were huge learning curves for me coming from a non-technical background, but all of these things sort of take practice. So I always tell people, um, it's a little bit of a catch-22 in that you don't get hands-on experience until you get that job. But at the same time, like once you do get in that position of getting to use SQL every day, getting to use Looker or, or Tableau every day, really take that opportunity to hone in on those skills because you can carry them with you anywhere as a data analyst. In terms of soft skills, I think knowing how to tell a great story and knowing how to piece together insights in a way that's actually going to benefit the people that you're working with, knowing how to communicate with stakeholders, communicate with the people around you, because I do still believe that analytics is a very collaborative effort. And then also on top of that, knowing how to prioritize depending on, you know, what your team's objectives are and what like the broader organization's objectives are, knowing how to balance those two things. Because like I said, everyone that I've ever spoken to who's worked in analytics has said that they're just completely swamped. They're constantly understaffed. And that's just kind of things are when the industry is still blowing up i think we're still very much in high demand so knowing how to prioritize has been very important
0: when it comes to hard skills we do have to be open to and interested in the technology that supports this domain that is really going to come down to databases data warehouses business intelligence platforms When it comes to databases, really understand the difference between relational databases, non relational databases, what Postgres is, what MongoDB is. Data warehouses are the central place where a data analyst can also spend their time, especially in larger enterprises that have initiatives to really bring all of their data into one place. To start getting new insight that wouldn't have been available if they were not all in the same place. Technologies like Snowflake, Google's BigQuery, the Autonomous Data Warehouse, AWS Redshift, and having a skill set in some core technologies is really going to allow you to find specific positions with companies that may have already invested in these products. Those BI platforms are definitely where would be the right starting point, Technologies like Tableau, Looker, Power BI, Oracle Analytics Cloud. And this should really be complemented for the next progression beyond those core platforms into understanding cloud technologies. The leaders in this space include Amazon Web Services, Microsoft Azure, Google Cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure. Don't be afraid of programming, (laughs) it is sometimes the largest kind of learning curve in the domain but embrace all that it is with languages like SQL and Python. Dive into APIs. They will be opening up all of the doors that are available to you for data accessible from so many large companies, as well as the government. Application programming interfaces allow you to work with data that is provided from other collaborators or third parties to be able to retrieve and access that data. Definitely a core skill set there. When it comes to Python, there's some key libraries to dive into, such as Pandas for data manipulation and cleaning, Matplotlib and Plotly for data visualization. You want to have an understanding of data structures and schemas, what CSVs are, what JSON data formats are, what a fact dimensions table are for analytical schemas. GitHub, being able to collaborate on code and work efficiently with others is definitely a key technical skill set to have. And once you expand beyond, maybe into larger data sets, Apache Spark is going to be a key skill to have, as well as being able to navigate Jupyter notebooks through Anaconda and where you can create actual files that have com- that combine data visualizations, text, and code together in one file format. All of those t- hard technical skills mean nothing if you cannot have and complement that with critical thinking and problem-solving capabilities in communication. We can spend a month, three months, a year, even gathering the data we need, making our analysis. If we cannot think through the impact that it and the value that insight provides to your stakeholders, or communicate that effectively. That is really where that kind of 80-20 principle might come in there where you spend 80% on all of the technical side. And it's really that 20% that's going to move the needle and make an impact. Curiosity, patience, storytelling, time management, agile methodologies and working styles are really prevalent in the domain. And it's going to be important to make that incremental impact. A a stakeholder is not going to be able to wait six months for you to provide the answer to a question. There's going to be some stepping stones along the way where you combine some new information and make pivots in a way that's going to be comfortable and make impact in a week,
2: in a month, in three months. So by now we know what education, training and skills are needed for the role of a data analyst. Plus, we know about the pros and cons of the role, as well as how one could measure success. But now let's get to the fun part, salary. How much money do you earn with a career in data? Here's what our experts had to say about general salary expectations, as well as their own salary journeys. Keep in mind that these figures range depending on where you live, your company, niche, and your experience level.
1: Because I started as a data scientist, I think I was on a little bit of like, the higher end of the spectrum for someone who just started working. From my experience, I started at about 120,000 as a starting data scientist, almost no experience whatsoever um, in Los Angeles. Obviously, like you said, that varies from region to region, company to company. So I would venture to guess a data analyst would start somewhere just below that. And then now that I'm at the senior level, going into the lead level, I am somewhere from the mid 100s to 200s, and that is base pay, not including bonus and equity. So that's another aspect to be considered is how much you want to get in cash and how much do you want to receive in bonus and equity as well.
0: Coming into the domain as a kind of general data analyst, you can see a starting point anywhere from around 50k to 70k is a very reasonable expectation. As you progress into that mid level point, you have acquired some experience and domain knowledge and taken some technical skills to the next level. I've seen anywhere from 70K up to 110K. Now, some big differentiators can come when you start to niche down. We can get into the range of 150K at that point. As I mentioned with the two kind of paths for progression that business track or kind of technical track. If you go down the data science route, which is the path that I took, we can start to expect around anywhere from 120k up to 250k, and that is those are real numbers. If you go just down that product or business path, you can see expect something between 100k and 150k. You know, if you get up into those executive range, then the limit is endless there. Really what I found is the best combination that you can aim for is a high technical skill set and a high level of communication. If you combine those, that's personally what I've focused on and I've found success with. If you can find your space between those two different skills, there's endless possibility. Personally, my salary history has been exponential starting from 30K, you know, 21 years old, just starting out to well into over a couple of hundreds today um, in a matter of 10 to 11 years now in the domain.
2: If you are currently working in a different industry, but are interested in transitioning into data, there are a few things you should know. I asked Daphne and Kate their best advice for someone looking to transition into a data analyst role.
1: I would say really practice your SQL and your technical skills, so get really good at that, not only because you'll pass whatever data tests they send your way, but also because for me the challenge was being able to work efficiently early on in my career because my SQL wasn't super strong, my Python wasn't super strong, and because I didn't have a ton of experience with like Looker dashboards, I was kind of like Slow and felt behind everyone else, so get really good at that because that's something that you know you can control. some of the teamwork collaborative stuff like those are things that you will also learn along the way. So one is to get really good at the technical stuff and two um, really practice putting decks together, putting insights together, and turning that into a narrative. I think that's really important.
0: My advice is really about being open to a continuous learning path because there are endless amount of tools techniques that are coming available that is why it is such a rewarding space to be if i could say anything else is be one leverage what you have today if you're already in the industry start communicating in facts start building relationships with the people that have the data go and get it be proactive i personally took that path when i was kind of more so in a management role and it wasn't anything really related to data analysis. But I started collecting my own data and and, and making an Excel spreadsheet and started presenting little mini visualizations in my stakeholder meetings, right? And that wasn't something that I was necessarily was my job or I was asked to do, but I knew that it was a path that I would go on. And I started to leverage what I could in the space and place that I was in at that point in my career. The other best advice that I've ever received from one of my previous managers was, He said, Kate, don't tell me, show me. And I cannot tell you that has been the one thing that was a turning point in how I showed up at work and maintained my excitement in the space of how much I could do. Because when you have access to facts and you have access to data and you can communicate on those, that is where you kind of can bypass any politics or opinions or assumptions that others might have and start to really take ownership of how you make an impact in this space, I would also advise to pick a domain and fall in love with it. When you start to fall in love with the concepts and the impact in the in society that that data relates to, that's when the time kind of disappears. Really, if you are looking to get into the space, fall in love with is available to you start to be a data analyst, take advantage of the opportunities around you, fill in those gaps of whatever technical skill sets you may be missing because there's nothing that's stopping you other than
2: yourself. So make sure you're honing all of your skills if you're interested in becoming a data analyst. Your practice will come especially in handy during the job search and job interview process. When beginning your job search for data analyst roles, there are a few things you want to keep in mind. The most
0: obvious, of course, is probably that analyst keyword. And you might not find data analyst as the actual job title. As I mentioned, kind of specific space that combines this business understanding and technical skill set can come in the many different forms. If you are interested in getting into the startup community, Angel.co is a wonderful website that has amazing opportunities there that are not really sometimes publicly advertised. LinkedIn is always that go-to source. I have done cold submissions on LinkedIn and landed some amazing positions from that. Accessing your network within your own company is also important. I have worked with individuals that worked in the school system for example, and they built a relationship with their IT department and were able to transfer over and create a new data program within their IT department because they took that initiative. Finding jobs is really about looking for opportunities. Not only is it about finding jobs, it's about attracting jobs as well. So showing up on LinkedIn and the way that you want to present yourself and show yourself to the world really works. And it's not just magic. I got my first opportunity in the domain from setting up a personal website using Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com, start dragging and dropping into a template and start listing out all of the experience i had i would take my experience and articulate it through a lens of data so i would highlight that those critical thinking skills or the teams that i worked with right that was able to show my capacity there kaggle.com is absolutely the go-to source within the community to access data see examples And an entire community and job listings available. GitHub is also the place to showcase your work. People can actually discover your projects by searching for keywords on the general internet and find your work on there. And so attracting the roles is just as valuable as going out and searching for them. One that I cannot forget is reaching out to recruiters. So the recruiting industry is very active within the technical community. And if you show your openness and show your skill set in a public environment, recruiters will absolutely reach out to you and offer you opportunities there as well, as well as career contessa as being one space for myself that really worked for me as well. LinkedIn has been my
1: best friend through the course of my career journey. So LinkedIn for sure. And then of course the Grace Hopper conference where I found my job. And then I've just done a fair amount of Google searching, but LinkedIn has always been by and large, my favorite uh, career website. And you can really search anything from analytics to data analysts, to just data obviously a number of different things can come up. And even if you don't wanna be a data analyst necessarily, there are many data analyst adjacent jobs that could come up. So even just putting like analytics, data analytics, like splitting those up can be super helpful. And you can really specialize in in whatever it is you're interested in, because at the end of the day, you could be in marketing, you could be in something more data science focused, you can be in something more corporate, or even like people analytics. So really keeping your search as general as possible to open yourself up to opportunities can be nice early on. But also you can specify things like people analytics, if that's something
2: you're interested in. All right, say you found the perfect job, honed your skills, and you've been invited to a job interview. Here's what you can expect and what you should look out for when interviewing for the role. So it usually comes down to two parts of the interview process. And I
0: use this with my data team today as well. A behavioral portion of the interview process and a technical portion of the interview process. In that behavioral side of the process, you're really looking for a team fit being able to work with colleagues and navigate conflict management, being able to showcase your creativity and how you might think through different problem-solving processes, And we might also hit on domain knowledge if there's something that you can bring to the table there. In that technical interview process, Um, You can experience that in a few different ways. One could definitely possibly be a live coding exercise. I know sometimes they are scary. I am not a fan of them myself, but I have had to go through many where you will actually live code in front of somebody as they are giving you a problem to solve. Usually a language of choice would be SQL or Python in this domain. Beyond that, you also could see a a technical showcase where you're giving a take-home assignment, where you are given a data set, asked a question, you perform an exploratory data analysis, or an EDA as we call it, and combine those quantitative and qualitative approaches and turn that into some type of presentation. And for prepping, what worked for me was a lot of practice, and that. Is includes the coding side because sometimes that's the most daunting. LeakCode.com is a very well-known site that is an online learning platform used in a lot of the major tech companies to practice your programming skills and you kind of can create a study plan for yourself. Never underestimate the power of a career coach that was the, the differentiator for myself in being able to navigate the ecosystem in a way that worked for me and maintain the motivation and practice articulating who I am and what I have to offer through that lens of data. And what I would say not to forget in interviewing is be sure that you understand the business model of the company that you are working with, because If you are a data analyst in any type of business or product, you want to drive that impact and you have to understand what's important and what's meaningful for that company to progress on. Usually that's saving time or money in some sort, but what that means to them and what's important for them shouldn't be forgotten and should be spoken to in the, that interview process as well.
1: One thing that I really was not prepared for most of the time was like a data-centered case interview. I think the technical test, oftentimes, like that's something that you can find online and prepare for that's, to me, that's kind of like studying for any other exam. I think with case interviews, it's a little bit different. So I've done kind of a mix of, of all of those things, from technical tests to case interview to behavioral. And case was definitely the hardest when I first started. So my biggest tip is always sit down and just write up a bunch of mock cases that you think could come up or you know ones that you found online from that particular company. And what I'll often do is I will just draw out almost like a diagram of all the various metrics that I could use to potentially respond to this question in a very data-oriented way. Way. Sometimes it could even be as simple as making up your own case and saying, How would I solve this problem in the event that this question comes up in an interview? And so I typically follow the process of thinking about, you know, some of the business objectives, major business questions of this company. How would data be able to solve that problem? And then write out every single metric that you think could potentially answer that question. So that's one way to approach it. That was my biggest challenge going into the interview process. But no interview process has been the same from company to company. But I will say it's consisted of any one of those three it was behavioral, technical, or case.
2: My final question to Daphne and Kate was whether they had any additional resources they would recommend for someone looking to become a data analyst. Here's what they said One of
0: the best resources that you could take moving forward are the certification programs that the cloud providers that I mentioned offer. They are a great way to both get an understanding of the technology and platform available itself. This is through AWS, Azure, Google, OCI. You can be a certified data professional or data engineer or data analyst, whatever path you might want to take. You have both now gone through a education process on that specific niche, as well as have something to show for it. And they're usually very cost effective. However, it does take a lot of study time. University professional development programs, such as the one that I'm a part of, are also a great way. It's a six-month commitment, and you can twice a week for six months dedicate yourself to the next chapter of your career. So many universities offer professional development programs, as well as the traditional path through bachelor's or master's degrees. There are online self-based course for Sarah, edX, data camp, code community. I have gone to in-person workshops. One of my favorites is general assembly. If they are available in your area, they offer in-person and online programs. Be sure to take advantage of Kaggle. I cannot emphasize enough. If you are interested in the domain, that should be your first stop. A Stack Overflow is a website that you will come to know and love if you get into any sort of coding or technology. That is a huge community that provides all of the answers to your coding questions or running into different bugs. I would also recommend a book called Storytelling with Data by Cole Nussbaum.er She was in the people analytics division at Google and listening to her journey and how she talks about storytelling with data and all of the different intricacies that are available really changed my life there. And I would certainly recommend that. Do not discount the power of YouTube. There are a million different resources where people you can actually see solve these problems. It is a free resource to go after and explore in the domain. Follow those people that inspire you on Instagram. I know I've said it once, but Career Contessa was my entry point into taking ownership of my career. Attending meetups on meetup.com is... And also a place where I started to go to community events in my area. I've been all over the country in all different cities that are available where you I could build a network and start creating a community that opened up new opportunities. So meetup.com is also a fantastic resource in finding people that understand the domain and where you're heading in your ambition to make that happen is what I would absolutely recommend. I have always been super active on Medium
1: and there's a really strong data science and data analytics community on Medium with tons of blogs, not even just from like individual contributors, but also from companies. So like Disney streaming has its own tech blog, Netflix does, I know Airbnb, Pinterest, all these companies write about the really cool work that they do specifically in data, and that's a great window into not only the types of work they do, the types of projects they work on, but also maybe what you might need to know for an interview. So it's always been a part of my research process is looking to see if they produce any content for the specific team that I'm interviewing for, and that way you, you learn so much more about how a company functions and what they consider to be their biggest problems.
2: So there you have it. You now know what it takes to become a data analyst. Thank you to our data experts, Daphne Chung and Kate Moran for taking the time to share their expertise with us. And please let us know if you are interested in hearing other How to Become episodes. What careers do you want us to cover? What careers are you excited to learn about? Please leave us a note on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. It really helps other people discover our show as well. Plus, if you want to learn more about Kate or Daphne, I've added some links in the show notes.